Hi, this is Kelsey. And Abby. With Fairy Tale Fix, we're kicking off our November Fantastic Fun Drive in cahoots with our podcast network, Fantastic Worlds Productions. So making this podcast is absolutely a dream come true for us. We've literally been talking about doing this for two years Yep. at this point, and it's incredibly fun to make. But did you know that it's also really expensive to make podcasts? That's right. Our website upkeep, hosting fees, audio equipment, editing software, and just our time really add up when it comes to keeping this thing going. As our producer says, it pays in the negative bucks. (laughs) Dustin does say that a lot. (laughs) That's why we pay you the no bucks. So we could really use your help with it, but it's not for nothing. If you join up, you get extra content like extra episodes. Uh, We'll also be releasing our original pilot, some other behind the scenes type stuff. Shout outs to people who uh, join at our producer level. Cool swag, probably with my cat hair on it. Mm -hmm. Yep. All starting at $3 per month. (laughs) (laughs) You have to pay extra for the cat hair at the cat hair tier. Or Abby's dog hair tier. <laughs> you, or you can have some of Obi's hair. You know, for anyone who joins at one of the higher <laughs> tiers, I will sprinkle some of Obi's hair on top of your shipment just so you can feel extra good about it. Also, extra incentive for this month, every person who signs up for our Patreon from now until the end of November will get entered to win a gorgeous, illustrated, complete first edition copy of the original folk and fairy tales of the Brothers Grimm, in addition to some podcast swag. This book is gorgeous. And the swag is dope. Yep. Gorgeous book, dope swag. And all you have to do is pay us like a cup of coffee a month to get all of this stuff. We've got some great Patreon content coming for you this month. So follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for updates. And check out all of our Patreon perks at fairytalefix.cash. Goodbye. Goodbye. Enjoy the show. And, And thank you. And they lived happily ever after. The end. Give us that gold, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me again why you look very excited. I'm very something. I'm very something today because I am very excited about the story. Bouncing around. You look happy. I'm I'm very jazzed. I'm very excited to tell you about the story that I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Good. honestly feel the same about mine i'm really excited because i kept Excellent. reading it and i was like that's what this is our what the fuck fairy tale podcast <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> what what's happening why is this happening but i love so it exciting so much oh boy you know i guess we could talk first about other yeah, stuff Yeah, for sure probably um, i actually have a very I mean, I don't I don't know if I should get right into it, but I do have a very important question for you today, Abby. And I feel like we should just get this out of the way. Okay. Who is your favorite Disney princess? You know, this is a very important topic that we and definitely I, I think, need to clear up before we get any further into this podcast about fairy I, tales. And I think I know the answer, but it, Disney princess, not my favorite. Okay, so first princess. of all, That's first different. of all, definitions, please. 
Not cartoon princess, not... But define d- define who counts as a Disney princess. Are we talking like any female protagonist of their movies or do they actually have to be a princess? Because okay. you know how they, they added Mulan to the princess group, even though she's... I think they just felt bad about how white all of their princesses were. And they're like, <laughs> let's stick the only Asian character that we've got so far into this. About time. Yeah. Okay, well, then I'm just going to... Since that is a very important question, and I agree, I'm just going to tell you my answer is Nala. Because she is 100% a Disney princess, and I will fight. I will die on this hill. Okay. Okay. She is betrothed to the prince of Gifari. You know, I thought you were going to go in a different, much grosser direction for why Nala is a princess. Nala is my favorite Disney princess, and no one will tell me otherwise. If I have to choose a human... Then you don't have you don't have to choose a human. I'm not going to make you do that. Well, I will because I love Princess Tiana. I actually like that's one of my absolute. Oh, the Princess and the Frog did not get the credit it deserves. As a it was Disney such a good film. movie. So music. Oh my gosh! And jazz music is my absolute favorite thing. I sing those songs constantly. Mm-hmm. So, but Nala is a Disney princess, and I will die on that hill if you disagree I, you are entitled to your wrong opinion <laughs> <laughs> you just stand there in your wrongness and be wrong about it exactly <laughs> tell me how is she not a princess other than the fact that she's not human she's betrothed i don't disagree to the prince i don't disagree i, I just the you. thing is is i'm an <laughs> asshole and so my <laughs> justification for why nala counts as a disney princess is very gross and has to do with how actual lion prides work Oh, yeah, because they're brother and sister. Yeah, I mean, that's just how lion prides work. It's fine. They're lions. She's they're still lions. a princess. It's fine. She's still a princess. She's like She's double princess. She's still a sassy queen, and I love her. <laughs> Wait, so why do, you like, why do you like Nala so much? Why is Nala your favorite Disney princess? Well, The Lion King was always my favorite Disney film growing up. The little Simba was like my favorite character in that movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody would always be like, oh, it's your favorite Disney princess, or what Disney princess are you? And I honestly related to Simba and Nala the most. Because I don't really relate to any of the others. I like them. I just don't feel like I am this character. So we actually had a high school Disney princess party at one point. And remember I dressed up as if Nala were a human Disney princess. Yes, that's right. That's true. Kind of trying to go like African princess style, which I did not do blackface. I just want to like throw that out there because that's not cool. Obviously, she would be a black princess. Obviously. But yeah, no, because it's Africa. She would like if if, if Nala was a human person, she'd be a black woman. Yeah. But also (laughs) I was the white dressing up as a dressing up as a lion is fine. (laughs) And then not doing blackface is always good. Always good. That's always a positive. Never do it. Just don't. Never. That is my hot take. But I love her so much. But I want to know what your favorite Disney princess is. I think I know, but okay. but that so, was an interesting. Uh, now I want to know why you asked that question. What counts as a Disney princess? Oh, I was just wondering, like who we were who we were choosing from. Not for really any particular reason, because honestly, my favorite Disney princess is about as straightforward as they come. And I know many people who know me probably think my favorite Disney princess is Belle. <gasps> That's what I was gonna guess. Is it not? It's not. My, oh my god! My favorite Disney princess, and in fact, my favorite Disney princess movie of all time. I love Sleeping Beauty. I am a sucker <gasps> Shut for the Sleeping fuck Beauty. Up. It's not. I cannot believe it's not Belle. 
Don't get me wrong. I adore Belle and I love Beauty and the Beast. But as far as a princess movie that feels like a fairy tale and has a lot of my favorite shit in it. <gasps> I'm so I love Sleeping Beauty and I have this. always loved Princess Aurora. Princess Aurora has always been like just my ugh. And I'm not genuinely, I'm not sure if it's because like I want to be her or I want to date her. It's one of those two things. <laughs> she is but super I am, hot. <laughs> she's so hot and I'm very into her. <laughs> oh my God. I did not know this. I'm so excited to know A this twist. about you. <laughs> we've been friends for so long. How did I not know this? Honestly, I don't think we've discussed our favorite Disney princess before. You know, you showed up as Belle to that party, and I think it's because you look like Belle. You have yes. the, like, pretty brown hair, and... Yeah, I've got the brown hair, and I've got the blue eyes. And yeah. I'm bookish, so I had a lot of books. Are her eyes blue? Yes. No, Are they? they're hazel. Never mind. I'm projecting. I would assume Disney would give everybody blue eyes. <laughs> I know, and that's kind of what I assumed. I guess I would, like, put Ariel's eyes in Belle's face. Because actually, Aurora has black eyes. Like, they're so dark. They are. Ugh, Aurora is gorgeous. gorgeous. Like, God, she's I so love pretty. Her. She's so pretty. And I think she's really cute and sweet and has a nice singing voice and gets involved with fairies. And that's cool. Isn't her real name Briar Rose? Mm-hmm. We're going to go over Sleeping Beauty eventually. But that's why I went on our list that we're keeping of who gets to cover what big one. I put, oh, is that one you chose? I claimed Sleeping Beauty because that is I love that. my favorite. Also, I have a lot of opinions about the culture of medieval fairies. And, and I want to talk about it. And do you have a do you like Mal- uh, Maleficent or Sleeping Beauty better as a person? As a person, Maleficent, obviously, because <laughs> she's all mad. She didn't get invited to a party. And we- then she turns into a dragon. <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to get into this into the Sleeping Beauty episode, but I actually have a, I have opinions about why Maleficent <laughs> being mad is not actually a petty thing to be mad about. We will get there. Yes. We will get into it. But this we're going to write now. This is not um, about that. But uh, so, but, can I ask who your least favorite Disney princess is, or is that too much? Mm, no, we can absolutely talk about that. And I've already yeah. Ariel. <gasps> Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And why? <laughs> My why is a, I'm, I think a lot of people complain about this. I am just one of them. The most, the the forefront person who I remember instilling in me a, a dislike of Ariel is my dad. <laughs> For right. obvious reasons, in that it's a movie about his worst nightmare, which is his 16-year-old <laughs> daughters falling in love with some boy and then not listening to him and then running away and never coming back. Fucking same. And I think we're both daddy's girls. <laughs> we are definitely daddy's girls. Also, I think he makes a... I, th- I think it's every parent's worst nightmare about what's going to happen with their teenagers. Not to pick on teenage girls too much. I think teenage boys definitely do this too. Or te- teenage anyone of any gender is is an absolute hormonal mess in high yeah. school and so prone to think that their parents know nothing and to go running off with big pair of very beautiful blue eyes. You've never even met him. <laughs> You've never even met him. <laughs> you saw him. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy girl on a beach <laughs> tweet at us and tell us who your favorite disney princess is and why and who's your least favorite disney princess and why at fairy tale fix pod yes yeah that's our twitter handle if you think that we're being uh jerks about ariel 
I'm happy to have that argument. Oh, for sure. There's nothing I love more than fighting about Disney princesses. Do you think Nala isn't a Disney princess? Don't message me. I don't. I just disagree. I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> but if you want to tell me why you love Ariel, that's fine. But sorry, Nala, she's a Disney princess. Maybe not like in the, maybe not in Disney's eyes, but in the sense that she's from Disney and she's a princess. Yeah, they never include the animals. I have no argument. Although... This is this is actually a tangent. This is breaking Disney Princess news. But did you hear they were doing another Disney Princess movie? What Disney Princess movie is that? Raya and the Last Dragon. I just oh, wanted yeah, to brief. Yeah. I just wanted to briefly mention it just because it's really cool. So there's a dragon in it. It's also, I believe, the first time that Disney is doing a full length animated feature that features um, Southeast Asian mythology. Cool. So this is also kind of groundbreaking. Uh, I don't know if the main character is a Disney princess or not, but if so, she'll be the first Southeast Asian. That's so awesome. The, yeah, which is which is awesome, and it's uh, it takes place in a fictional ancient civilization inspired by Southeast Asia, uh, both in its themes of community and hope, and in its design. Aww. And the five clans form of this land form the land of the dragon, but dragons are long gone. Because the land has been invaded by a dark, sinister force, which sounds awesome. That's how it usually goes. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Kelly Marie Tran apparently plays a lone warrior who's out to find the last dragon and save her country. And it sounds really fun. So I'm just promoing that for free. And Disney can pay me later, I suppose. <laughs> Except I'm paying Disney probably instead. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> because I have a Disney Plus subscription. That actually reminds me, our amazing editor, Dustin, who is the man. Hi, Dustin. Uh, hi, Dustin. So we did Hansel and Gretel two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. he actually sent us a trailer that's called Gretel and Hansel. It's a movie. I don't know when it's coming out. It says 2020. It might already be out. Um, it's COVID and things are really crazy. So I don't I have no idea when things are happening. But that trailer was awesome. It kind of looked. This is just a guess. It kind of looked like our fix, which was that Gretel becomes a witch. <laughs> yes. Oh, I so hope that's I'm, what actually happens. I'm really excited to check that movie out mm-hmm. for sure. It looked scary, though. It wasn't like for kids. Yeah. No, I wouldn't but. show this to any like tiny people. What are you drinking today, by the way? A gin and tonic, as Ooh. usual, for the restorative properties, you understand. Uh, my drink today is actually inspired by the story. Ooh, how so? So, I'm really excited to tell you the tale of the Goose Girl. So, I think this is okay. one of the more popular, lesser-known fairy tales. Uh, there have been a couple novels written about it. I think there's one out called Thorn that's really popular. Uh, it's based on the Goose Girl. I haven't read it myself. But this is from Grimm's Fairy Tales, collected in 1815. So I looked this up. I thought this was really interesting. Um, It was collected by a German storyteller, and her name was Dorothea Wiemann. Many of her stories were written down by the brothers Grimm, according to Wikipedia, about 40 stories or so. I think this might be the most popular one. Um, And they loved the way that she could retell each fairy tale over and over without ever changing a word. 
So I'm totally imagining this like okay. older woman that's like just constantly telling her tales over and over. Basically, I'm imagining my great aunt Frony <laughs> telling me all of her stories. Did Frony always have the same cadence and use the same words? And she had oh, these yeah. stories down pat. Yeah, uh, man, just oral stories is something that is or was, I think, taught um, in previous generations and just isn't taught as much anymore. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, of of reciting stories from memory as opposed to reading them out of uh-huh. a book. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had to look up a little bit more about Dorothea because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, so a quick bio. Dorothea lived from 1755 to 1816. I think she died when she was around 60 years old. You can do the math. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I think I did earlier. And I was like, oh, that seems kind of young. But I'm still imagining her as like 100 years old. <laughs> Wasn't it the 1800? Yeah, 1816. The eight, 1816. I feel like, I feel I feel like 60 was probably averageish. She was the daughter of a tavern owner. She picked up many folk stories throughout the years from guests of her father's tavern, which is so fucking cool. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that she just gets all these fairy tales and folk tales from like drunk people at her father's tavern. <laughs> I love it. Also, flashing back to nerdy brain right now, she's a total bard. That would be that would be her Pathfinder yes. D&D class. Nice. I didn't know that was a D&D class. Yeah, you could be a uh, bard. Uh where you just rove around and sing songs and that's how you help in battles is you is you sing mean songs about the other Is that what I would be? I think like that's what I might be. Yeah, you would just make really cutting remarks. <laughs> Which demoralizes the enemy. I love that so much. Or you I've actually encourage never your companions. Single, I've never played a single game of D&D. And I We're going to fix that at some point. I'm yeah. going to make you do it. We're also not going to play <laughs> D&D because <laughs> I play Pathfinder. That's actually, that's actually nothing. There's no reason to be snobby about it. But <laughs> <laughs> We'll get there. But we'll get there. We'll make you do it sometime and you can be a bard and you can... Okay. Yeah, anyway, do, continue it. telling me about Dorothea. By the way, I looked up the I forgot her last name, so I just typed in Dorothea into Google and it came up with a serial killer, a novelist, probably the novelist, um uh, Veman. Veman. It's V I E H M A N N. We're sure it's not Dorothea Puente, the American serial serial killer. <laughs> Very sure, but now I'm going to definitely look her up after this. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I also, I'm probably going to pronounce a lot of these words wrong. Well, two of these words wrong because they're in German. Um, Okay. She lived in Niederzwien. Niederzwien. Okay. uh, And which they actually renamed after her, uh, which means the fairy tale quarter in honor of Dorothea. And the tavern owned by her father is now run by a local microbrewery. Okay. Called Huta Brauerei. And I need to go there someday. So I couldn't we'll find make it. it a, um, we'll make it a Patreon goal. Yes. You know, we, get oh, a certain, yeah. we get a certain number of patrons <laughs> and we take a trip to Germany. Send us money to go drink in Germany. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll get but, a um, lot of German fans and they'll pay to bring us out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure German fans are going to be listening to Americans talking about their history. Yeah, who would <laughs> but I could, so obviously I can't, it's a microbrewery, so I couldn't go and buy one of their beers, which 
you know, it's sad because it sounds amazing. So I actually went to one of my local microbreweries called Secret Trail Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. And I got their pineapple bout it, bout it. Okay. So that's what I'm drinking today. Nice. In honor of Dorothea and her tavern owning father, which I think is like the coolest. I love it. That's a great theme. So that is probably where she heard the goose girl. So without further ado. Oh, wait. What do you think the Goose Girl is about? It's a German fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's a. It was one of the Brothers Grimm ones that they wrote down. Yes. Yeah. Brothers Grimm wrote it down. Mm-hmm. It's about a Goose Girl. <laughs> That's my first prediction. What's a Goose Girl in your opinion? Hmm. I imagine it is similar to being a shepherd, except you're not shepherding sheep. You're herding geese, maybe. Okay. Prediction two. Oh, you're gonna let me have that one. I'm going to let you have that one because I, when I started this, I was like, what the hell is a goose girl? I am terrified that I am wrong now. <laughs> okay. The goose girl makes a bargain with the devil. That's an interesting guess. And one of her geese features very prominently in the story. Okay. And maybe saves her from the devil. That's my prediction. Okay. I like it. That's an interesting prediction. Thank you. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. So I'm just, you know. This story is quite crazy so i am excited to tell it to you oh my god please tell me (laughs) once upon a time there lived a queen whose husband had passed as in fairy tales these things happen quite often the queen had a beautiful daughter that was betrothed to a king's son in a faraway land and since the queen loved her daughter so much a refreshing twist yeah i was just about to say i love that i just right off the bat i love that it not that i'm not that dads being dead make me happy but most of the time it most of the time it's the mom but the mom is still alive and she loves her daughter and i'm already really thrilled yeah yeah usually in fairy tales the mother hates her daughter yeah (laughs) or it's a stepmother that hates her daughter yeah so this is a vast improvement already so yes so she loved her daughter so much that she planned to send her daughter away with expensive furniture gold and silver and anything she could think of for a grand bridal treasure The queen was also to send a maid and two horses with the princess. The princess's horse was a beautiful talking horse named Falada. And I love that the horse is the only character with a name so far. (laughs) And also that it's a talking horse. Falada. Wow. Cool. Probably. So on the day of her daughter's departure, the queen took her daughter into a chamber and cut her own finger and let three drops of blood fall onto a napkin. And she said... Dear child, preserve this well, and it will keep you out of trouble. After the sorrowful goodbye between the queen and princess, the princess placed the blood-stained napkin in her bosom and rode off to her betrothed. On her talking horse. (laughs) On her talking horse. Why do you need any other kind of dowry if you have a talking horse? I don't know. I think the gold and silver is pretty cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I guess so. Then I guess you don't have to sell the talking horse. You can keep the talking horse. Since the horse can talk, does the horse have more agency over its <laughs> no, life? I'm like, can it about tell Shrek. you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a talking donkey. <laughs> now I'm a flying talking donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and they all wish he wasn't talking. Sorry, this totally changes the story for me now. <laughs> I'm making waffles. <laughs> God, I want that horse so donkey. Good. Okay, anyway. Okay, please continue. <laughs> So after an hour or so of travel, the princess says to her servant, Dismount and procure me some water from yonder stream in the cup which you carry with you, for I'm very thirsty. And the maid replies, 
If you are thirsty, dismount yourself and stoop down to drink the water, for Uh-oh. I will not be your maid. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? what? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but someone's getting cursed. Okay, I'm just saying, the princess also didn't say please, so I didn't hate the maid at this point. You don't have to say please to the <laughs> help. I mean, you could be polite to your maid, but whatever, so. Why? Why on earth would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the princess obviously is very taken aback, but she's also very thirsty. So she dismounts and drinks the water straight from the brook. Is the maid going to she- kill her? <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> You're going to find out. Okay. Maybe the maid is the devil. The maid is going to smack her on the back of the head with one of the silver <laughs> plates and then take all of her fine clothes and then get on the talking horse and take her place. That's my prediction. It's a new one. Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> but that is somewhat accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep telling me. Uh, while she drinks from the brook, the three drops of blood say, ah, oh, If thy mother knew this, her heart would break. So first of all, what the fuck? Talking horses and talking blood. Talking blood drops? Yep. Uh, So the princess doesn't reply, but she feels humbled by the blood's words and continues to travel. (laughs) (laughs) So after a few more hours of traveling, the princess has already forgotten that the maid isn't so fond of her and asks her again for a drink of water. And the maid replies even more naughtily. Than before. If you wish to drink, help yourself. I will not be your maid. So does the princess say, but you are my maid, though, because... She doesn't. She's distraught. And you were really hired by this. to be my maid. But she's also real thirsty. So <laughs> she goes to drink from the stream. And while she does this, she cries, oh, woe's me. And without her noticing, the three drops of blood fall, uh, fall from her bosom and float down the stream. Uh-oh. While the princess does not notice this because she's in such anguish, her saucy servant does notice. Saucy. And she's glad for it because she knows without these drops of blood, the princess is powerless. So the servant goes and gets on the princess's talking horse, Falada. And when the princess comes back, the maid tells her, no, Falada belongs to me. And then makes the princess take off her royal clothes and put on her peasant clothes. And she makes the princess promise that she won't say anything that's happened or she will be murdered. And Falada pays attention to all of this with great detail. Okay. At least the talking horse is on it since the princess won't. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So now the servant girl is mounted on Falada while the princess rides upon, and I quote, upon a sorry hack until they come into the king's palace. Rude. I feel like that's really mean. Rude. I mean, sure, Falada can talk, but she's not been very helpful so far. So, of course, when they arrive, there's a great rejoicing and merriment, but the prince picks up the servant girl thinking she's his bride-to-be. Is the servant girl pretty? I mean, it doesn't say. But usually that's, you know, all it really takes. Well, she's wearing the princess's royal clothes and she's on the talking horse. So the true princess is mistaken for the servant, But the king notices how beautiful and delicate she is. He bids, give the wench some work to do that she may not grow idle. And the king says, I wouldn't want that. There is a boy who keeps the geese. She can help him. 
So the princess is sent away to work with a boy named Conrad. Okay, good, 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 good. I was I was just about to comment like, Kelsey, I can't help but notice, but there are no geese in this story yet. I know, right? I was like, how is she a goose girl? How, wait, this is about a princess? What? Did I misunderstand what a goose girl is? Does she get attacked by a goose? Because that's very likely. That's very funny. Or goose, goose is like a <laughs> slang term for servant of some other, I don't know. That would be fun. That goose, that silly goose girl. But no, anyway. it's it's quite what you predicted. Okay. It, all right. That's good. I'm appeased. The true princess is sent away to work with Conrad the goose boy. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> One more interruption before you continue. And then I'll interrupt <laughs> you several more times as we continue the story. The horse is saying nothing. Yeah, the horse hasn't said anything. Nothing. Doesn't say that in the story anyway. Okay, fine. All right. So she becomes a goose girl. <laughs> so the true princess is sent to work with Conrad. While the servant girl actually tells the prince to have Falada's head cut off for, and I quote, it has angered me on the way. What a bitch. But she obviously does this because she knows Falada knows that she's not the true princess. Right. She's afraid she's going to talk. Yeah. Can't have a talking. There's no better way than to make sure that horse is going to talk than to have a guy walk up to her with a sword. But it's fine. It's fine. Go on. So uh, the true princess hears of this and begs the knacker, which uh, the knacker is a term for someone who kills horses, like slaughters horses. That was a job? Makes their meat into dog food. Yeah. That was a whole job? Yeah. That was a whole job that had a whole name? I know. (laughs) And like an apprenticeship, presumably? (laughs) (laughs) Like you're an apprentice hacker? Knacker. Knacker. Okay, thank you. I was like, no, hacker is not right. (laughs) I mean, it sounds right, though, hacker. <laughs> because it's about hacking, hacking off head horses' off. heads. So um, so the true princess, you know, she's distraught. She loves Falada, and she asks the knacker to nail the head of Falada over a large and gloomy arch through which she, she passes by daily. Wait, so they do hack off the horse's head. The horse is dead. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> I'm getting to that. <laughs> I know this is very upsetting to you. But she wants the knacker to nail Falada's head to the arch that she has to pass through every day to get to her geese so she can see Falada. And she offers the knacker a piece of gold, and he agrees. So the knacker kills Falada, as the servant girl (gasps) fake princess asks, and nails the head over the archway. But he does that part. It was a... It, uh, Falada was a talking horse. How many of those are there? Are you concerned about preserving the species of talking horses at all? Obviously not, because she upset the fake princess <laughs> on the way over. Falada, you should have said something. So the next morning, the princess and Conrad pass through the arch on their way to the geese, and the princess says in passing, Ah, oh, Falada, that you should hang there. And the head replies, Ah, princess, that you should pass here. If thy mother knew thy fate, then her heart would surely break. (laughs) The talking horse is still talking. It's a dead horse head. (laughs) (laughs) And it's talking to the princess. (laughs) And apparently Conrad doesn't notice this. Doesn't notice at all. They pass through to the field of geese. Conrad is so enamored by the princess's beautiful golden hair that he tries to pull out a couple of locks. Which is another weird hair cake. Uh, yeah, so right. seeing a theme here. That's, I mean, <laughs> it's fine, but she should ask first. No, that's not fine. He's like, just 
so I'm imagining Conrad is like this little brother figure and he's just like, oh, her hair's pretty. And he tries to like pull on it. Yeah, sure. But I guess I was thinking about it more from like a if ha- I guess if hair is your thing. Also, you should ask first. Did you not notice the the dead horse head talking? No. Does that not interest There's you? There's a pretty girl there. We know. <laughs> we know. We have read Princes and kings don't notice shit if there's a pretty girl there. Okay, that's fair. I didn't think about that. They have ignored so many things if there's a pretty (laughs) girl there. Well, anyway, the princess doesn't like him trying to pull her hair, so she sings. Blow, blow, thou wind. Blow Conrad's hat away. It's rolling, do not stay, till I have combed my hair and tied it up behind. Which I would like to remind everyone that um, in German, I bet this rhymes. Yeah. It rhymes a little bit. I bet in German it probably rhymes really well. But immediately comes a strong wind and it takes Conrad's hat off his head and he's running all around the field to catch it. He doesn't catch his hat until the princess is done tying back her hair, which makes him quite angry that he isn't owed some of her hair. All right. I hate him. So he doesn't speak with her all day. Good. <laughs> I bet she's grateful. <laughs> also, does she have like weather powers? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I blew right past that. Yes. How does she call the wind? I was too busy focusing on the fact that A, why is Conrad there? Like, is it common for the prince to start wandering around with the goose girl? I mean, I'm focusing on the wrong stuff. She has weather powers. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait. So Conrad is the goose boy. Oh, Conrad is the goose boy. Sorry, sorry, Conrad sorry. Conrad is the goose the boy. Yeah, why did I think Conrad boy. was the prince? No, he's not the prince. He's not the he's prince. Just a, That's just why a Conrad boy. is an I was to, okay, I was totally thinking about this. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how I I don't know why, I don't know how that happens. <laughs> okay. Uh hashtag drunk fairy tales. <laughs> that makes it that makes it much more annoying and weird. Yeah, I guess, he's so annoying. That he's not a Oh. So that also contextualizes all of my That's why I thought that's why I said <laughs> the princes don't notice things. <laughs> There's pretty no, girls. This is just but a goose boys, boy. Apparently. Okay, sorry. Do continue. I'm not even <laughs> drunk. I'm just bad at listening, I guess. <laughs> no, you're good. All day long, they tend the geese in silence. He's all mad that his new coworker has some seriously cool weather powers, which, you know, I'd be jealous too. Mm, mm-hmm. So the next morning. I'm jealous over if coworkers have better hair than me. <laughs> And he just wants to grab it. He just wants to pull on it a little. Mm -hmm. I feel Conrad a little bit. But go on. (laughs) So the next morning, they pass through the arch on their way to work. And the true princess says, Ah, Falada, that you should hang there. And the dead horse head replies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ah, princess, that you should pass by here. If thy mother knew thy fate, then her heart would surely break. And Conrad still doesn't know that there's a dead horse talking to the princess. And once again, he tries to snatch her golden locks. And she sings, Blow, blow, thou wind, blow Conrad's hat away. It's rolling, do not stay, till I have combed my hair and tied it up behind. So the wind does the princess's bidding once more and blows Conrad's hat away. Mm -hmm. So by by the time he catches it, her hair is combed up and he can't pull any strands out. So, this is where it gets really annoying to me. After the day's work, Conrad goes to the king and complains that his new co-worker hexes him. How? And refuses to work with her any longer. He just had, the goose boy just has access. 
He's so to mad that he can't have any of her hair and that she has cool weather powers. So the king asked for a play-by-play, and I guess Conrad was paying attention. Okay. he was okay. paying attention. So he did notice the talking horse. He tells the king everything, including the conversations between her and the talking horse. Head. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this king because he's not interested in Conrad's petty bullshit, but he is interested in the dead talking horse head and the weird weather powers. So finally, someone I can relate to in this story. Yes. (laughs) And he tells Conrad to get the fuck back to work. But the next morning, (laughs) the king himself follows them out to the fields and sees everything. Okay. So he sees for himself the servant talk to the head of Falada, and then he hears her sing her song and watches Conrad try to get his hat. The king grows suspicious. He thinks that's weird, and he bids the goose girl to come in and tell him everything. And she says to the king, That I dare not tell you, or any other man, for I have sworn by the free sky not to speak of my griefs, else I had lost my life. Ooh, that's very... Poetical. So the king presses her to no avail, but tells her, if you will not tell me, then tell your griefs to this fireplace. And he leaves her alone in the room. So the goose girl, you know, she's not sure, but she eventually creeps into the fireplace. So I'm assuming it's like a huge fireplace. She like walks into it and she starts weeping and moaning and she just lets it all out. And she says, here sit I, forsaken by all the world, and yet I am a king's daughter and a false servant has exercised some charm over me whereby I was compelled to lay aside my royal clothes and she has also taken my place at the bridegroom's side and I am forced to perform the common duties of a goose girl. Oh, if my mother knew this, her heart would break with grief. She tells all of that to the fireplace. Yeah, all of it. All of that. She lets it all out. She's probably crying, just so upset. Mm -hmm. Aw. She finally has a moment to herself to just be like, why me? (laughs) I love that she constantly thinks of her mother um, in this whole story yeah me too yeah because i don't know just in fairy tales it's usually like an evil mother or something yeah she's got connections in this world she's not totally forsaken by everyone in her life although i do Mm -hmm. i will talk about this at more at the end but i do (laughs) think that maybe she could have written her mom a letter (laughs) (laughs) no but she can't tell anyone her grief she could tell the fireplace and i guess of course okay The old king is sitting outside the room and he's listening to everything because he's no dummy. Mm -hmm. She kind of is, though, because that was clearly his plan. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe she's or maybe she's also, you know, she's like, no, I get it. Yeah, maybe she was in on it and she's like, oh, finally. The king hears everything. And once she finishes, he comes in and calls her away from the fireplace and he gives her royal clothes and calls the prince down to see his true bride. Aww. The prince saw her beauty and virtue and was overcome with joy and a great feast was announced. And at this feast, the prince stands aside the two maidens, one the true princess and the other the servant girl, Uh huh. which... Here's a point in the story that I would really love if they had, like, names because I was getting confused. (laughs) About which was which? Yeah, like the goose girl, servant girl, the true princess. They all have these, like, vague names. You could just give them names. They could just have names. I love that Falada has a name. And Conrad has a name. (laughs) Yeah, the goose boy and the talking horse. But the main story doesn't have... Okay. Nope. All right. That's fine, though. Go on. 
But anyway, servant, girl, maid, girl, she's so dazzled by the true princess's beauty in her royal clothes that she doesn't even recognize her at the feast. And so she doesn't even realize what's going on. And the king messes with her by asking her what should happen to one that deceives her masters. And he relays all that has happened to the true bride. And the servant girl obviously doesn't realize the story is about her. So Mm -hmm. she's not very smart. And the king is baiting her. So she replies. I do love that he's a tricksy old man and that he just yeah. instead of instead of just like being all like, oh, um, you're yeah. an imposter and I'm throwing you in the dungeon now. He's going to mess with her first. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what do you think should happen to someone like this? <laughs> I feel like a lot of parents do that. They're like, so what, what what's the punishment you think someone deserves if they <laughs> hypothetically if someone steals something from a mole? <laughs> <laughs> so. so And she says, so she has no idea what's going on. She's not very smart. She's not paying attention. And she says, such a one deserves nothing better than to be put into a cask stuck all around with sharp nails, sled by two horses to be dragged through the street till the wretch be killed. Harsh. Okay. Well, this isn't going to turn out so good for her then. Wow. All right. Go on. Yeah. So the king replies, thou art the woman then. Thou hast proclaimed thine own punishment and it shall be strictly fulfilled. And her punishment was carried out, and the young prince married the true princess, and together they ruled the kingdom long in peace and happiness. Aw. Uh, end. That's great. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's a good lesson that whenever anybody presents hypotheticals to you, you should always be as generous as possible. and that's the real moral guys (laughs) just be real nice oh it could be you could be you could be you be Be careful (laughs) amazing one point there was no devil yeah and the geese did and the geese had no prominent role uh at all they were they you know they didn't even mention geese they just said that she was a goose girl now yeah, she was tending geese, and that's about it. Right. So, okay, kind of a bummer. Well, I will take my one pity point, but I, but I feel like <laughs> it was pretty obvious what a goose girl was. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So I don't actually think I should actually get that one, but I will take <laughs> it though. You take it. I will. What are your fixes for this oh, story? Oh man, other than them having names, which would have actually helped me reading this book. I feel like switching on and off between the true true princess and servant girl was kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. And also just in fairy tales in general, I'd like them to have names. Yeah, I think that's I think that's like a fix we've had for every single one of these so far. Falada has a name. Yeah, why does the horse have a name that dies in the first? <laughs> I mean, you know. she is a talking horse. My fix is that I really feel like it should have ended with the king talking to the dead horse head. I really thought the whole time I was reading it, I was like, oh, Falada is going to be the one that tells the king that the poor goose girl was actually a princess because she can still talk even though she's dead. So I thought once the king went and saw, like, would go and talk to Falada and be like, hey, dead horse, what's up? (laughs) That would have been better. Also, if Falada was a talking horse, why doesn't she get a trial before being killed by the knacker? Yeah. Why Why isn't anyone else in this story interested in this talking horse. <laughs> Maybe the kingdom is just flush with talking horses. <laughs> Somehow. Maybe they're so annoying. Yeah, and people, and they just kind of like are around and people hate them. 
Maybe that's why Falada didn't feel empowered to speak up in her own defense in the very beginning. Like, she's a talking horse. Yeah. Why wasn't she like, whoa, whoa, that's not the true princess? I mean, when they said she paid attention to this in great detail, I thought for sure Falada was going to be the one to tell the The king king. or the prince or someone or Conrad what's going on. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like in the wonderful shirt, which we still have to tell people about. But that's a it's a Russian (laughs) that's a Russian fairy tale that also features a talking horse that dispenses just absolutely fabulous advice. I thought Falada was going to do that. Yeah, she was kind of useless. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I thought she was just going to teach the princess about empowerment or something. I also want to know more about her mother's blood magic. Yeah, And how the true princess can control the weather by singing to it. These are all really good points. Because that blood (laughs) thing was such a throwaway thing. They never mention it again after she loses the the handkerchief with the blood on it. Yeah, I thought she was going to find it again or something. So what we need is the novelization of this that ex- that fills in a lot of these magical details. Which, you know what? There's actually two. Are there? Yeah, there's two novels. Actually, there's probably more. There's one called Thorn and there's another called The Goose Girl. Okay. They're actual like books based on the story. Thorn, I wouldn't have expected being related, but... Yeah, I don't know. Thorn, maybe that's how the mother pricks your fingers to get the blood i don't know sure i just don't know uh if you know tell us email us yeah because i want to know without reading the book because i probably won't (laughs) anyway that was the goose girl it was so wow okay much what the fuck (laughs) the only fix i would add to that is you should write your mother a letter letting her know what has happened to you because your mother loves you so, so, so much and she's a queen and I'm pretty sure she could get the army down there pretty fast. And I'm pretty sure she would recognize which one was her daughter and which one wasn't. So maybe she would even show up. Wait, what, was she allowed to tell her mother her griefs? I think that was Was part of her getting murdered. Was she actually charmed? Was it actually a charm or was the servant girl just going to murder her? Was she just threatening? It sounded to me... Like the servant girl was just threatening her, but then the princess later mentions that like she's been charmed. So, so maybe that was it, where she literally couldn't tell anyone. But I don't know. To me, it sounded like the servant girl said like, "Don't tell anybody about this, or I'll kill you." So many questions. I have a lot of questions about this story. I'm glad that it worked it. out, though. It was so good. It was such a good story. I really enjoyed it. That's a great story. And I like the poetical elements of it. And then also the fact that a goose boy had direct access to the king to go complain about his coworker. Yeah, I don't want to work with her anymore. She's got crazy weather powers. He could just walk right into the throne room and be like, your majesty, this I don't like working with her anymore. Hello, I'm your goose boy. She won't let me have any of her hair. She won't let me have her hair. <laughs> and she has weird weather magic. So she's also a witch. And the king's like, get back to work. Get back to work. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? Who let him in here? I don't care. <laughs> what do I pay my guards for the, if they let the goose boy in The king boy is definitely here? my favorite character in this whole story. Mine too, especially that he wants to fuck with the servant girl instead of actually. <laughs> He's all tricky. He's like, you when, know what would be funny? <laughs> when you first said the king noticed that the real princess was really pretty, yeah. I was a little afraid that it was going to turn into a story where like, so the king decides to marry her. <laughs> like one of those. She would have liked that better than being a goose girl. She obviously wasn't into it. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I wasn't super rooting for the goose girl. She was kind of passive. 
little passive. Didn't really do much on her own behalf. A little passive. I feel like she could have had a stronger personality. Yeah, but I mean, that's so many fairy tale protagonists. Oh, Falada. Oh, Falada. Poor, poor Falada. I feel the worst for the talking horse. Me too. But also, she could have spoken up. (laughs) I am so excited about all of this. I know you were dancing earlier. I was I was <laughs> dancing earlier just because I adore Russian fairy tales. They're just very bonkers and they also feature a lot of the same characters. There's through line where very common names are repeated throughout most of them. Is Ivan one of them? Ivan is one of them. Oh, I love Ivan. There's also <laughs> a, a name that is commonly used for princesses. Every boy is named Ivan. Every girl is named Vasilisa. And that's pretty. Yeah, it's a really pretty name that I'm probably butchering. (laughs) (laughs) Did you look up how to pronounce it? I did not. So feel free to yell at me. What's the fairy tale? The fairy tale that I'm telling. So I'm telling one of the stories of Baba Yaga today. (gasps) John Wick. Yes. (laughs) I am telling a story about John Wick. It's my favorite movie. (laughs) It would be your favorite movie because there's very little talking. It's, it's just so good. It's scene after scene of Keanu Reeves beating people up. It's so good. Well, my favorite thing about it is the fact that everyone else knows how badass he is. So they're like, oh, oh, no, you you mess with John Wick. Like, you're I know. so fucked <laughs> i love it because like i if, if i recall correctly like the the main dude doesn't really care that much until the, he finds out who his son messed with then he's like what <laughs> you <laughs> oh. killed john wick's dog you're We're so dead. fucking fucked We're and it's all too dead. late to run <laughs> god damn it <laughs> i love that me too anyway i do mean a different baba yaga so does that mean the boogeyman though No, not exactly. So Baba Yaga is, again, a character that appears in multiple Russian tales. So is this fairy tale called Baba Yaga? Yeah, this one's just called Baba Yaga. The thing is, is that there are a lot of stories titled that are just titled Baba Yaga in this book. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the book that I'm reading from, it's just it's Russian fairy tales by Alexander Afanasev with an apostrophe in it. I'll post the link to the book in the show notes if anybody's interested in picking it up for themselves. But it is just everything from uh, Baba Yaga, the Swan Maiden, the Firebird, and a bunch of other classic Russian fairy tales and characters interspersed in between. And there are a bunch of stories in here that are just titled Baba Yaga, because most of these are come from an oral tradition. This is one of the books in which, you know, stories that Russian grandmothers tell their grandchildren has actually been written down. It's very loose, and there's a lot of it that just seems to happen really suddenly that I'm excited to get into. But just a little background on Baba Yaga. She is a supernatural being or a trio of sisters who usually appears as a deformed or ferocious-looking old woman. And she flies around in a mortar and wields a pestle, pestle, whatever, and usually dwells deep in the forest in a hut that is uh, mostly described as standing on chicken legs. So it's Baba Yaga's chicken-legged hut. I love this I imagery know. so much. <laughs> it is amazing. 
uh, folklorists have described her as just a many faceted figure, and she's usually associated with clouds, the moon, death, winter, snakes, birds, pelicans. Uh, she may be an earth goddess, a totemic matriarchal ancestress. So all the good stuff. All of these different instances. Yes, all of the good stuff <laughs> is Bobby. Great Yaga. things in life. She also plays many different roles depending on how she is approached or what they need the story to do. Baba Yaga is very much a deus ex machina character that gets inserted into a lot of these fairy tales to play a maternal role or to put curses on people or to eat them or to... So it's almost like its own mythical creature. Yes. Yeah, Baba Yaga is is a mythical creature unto herself. She's not actually a witch, which I think a lot of stories characterize her as one, but she's just a supernatural demigoddess that might be your mother or a child-eating monster or both. God, I love it so much. (laughs) So I am on another podcast called the Fantastic Worlds Podcast. We essentially use the rules of the Pathfinder tabletop game to create an audio drama. And Baba Yaga is heavily featured in that story. And the story itself is actually pretty faithful to Slavic lore. I actually wanted to read a passage from the very beginning of that adventure that also really describes what Baba Yaga is and some of the associations with her. So Baba Yaga likes to keep her eyes on all her children, and she does so through her chicken-legged huts and their resident guardian dolls. According to the legends, if a hut dances around and refuses to let you in through its tiny door, you must stand in front of it and loudly call out, Hut, oh hut, turn your back to the woods and your front to me. And that's how you get Baba Yaga's attention and get her to pay attention to you if you are, in fact, seeking her out, which is a big part of the story that we're playing through in our other podcast. So I just wanted to. But that's actually uh, what we are about to get into. So this is one of the stories of Baba Yaga that, again, it's in Russian fairy tales by Alexander Afanasyev. And we'll link it in the show notes. Wait. Yes. I don't mean to interrupt. But I haven't made any predictions. Oh, shit. Kelsey. <laughs> you heard none of that. None of that happened yet. I know. I feel like you gave me so much good I, information. That was a lot of information because the story is two pages long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Prediction one. Somebody calls to Baba Yaga for help. Okay. Prediction two. Baba Yaga does, in fact, help them. But prediction three is that the prediction uh, is that Baba Yaga helps them not in the way that they expected. Okay. I will take all of those predictions. <laughs> That's my guess. I'm getting my inspiration from Jin's. I-, I definitely used a little bit what you said, but I wasn't trying to, you know, take all of that to make my predictions. So I appreciate that. It would have been I totally went, fair if you had, but... I went out on a limb, and that's kind of what I'm guessing happens. But okay. It's a little bit of like a trickster mama witch. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping. Let's see what happens. A certain peasant and his wife had a daughter. The wife died, as they do, and the husband married another woman, as they do, and had a daughter with her also. So... They have the typical fairy tale familial 
arrangement. His wife didn't like her stepdaughter and doted on her actual daughter. The story refers to her as an orphan, even though her father is very much still alive, but (laughs) like still alive, living in the same house, but somehow this girl is orphaned now. The stepmother doesn't like the stepdaughter. Tale old time, literally. And the (laughs) husband, again, in the finest tradition of fairy tale peasant men, decided, I guess I could get rid of her. Yeah, yeah. My wife doesn't like her very much. So I'll just I'll just drive her out into the woods and leave her there. He's taking her deep and deeper and deeper into the woods. And he beholds a little hut standing on chicken legs. The peasant says, little hut, little hut, stand with your back to the woods and your front to me. And the hut turns around. The peasant enters the hut and finds Baba Yaga. He finds Baba Yaga, by the way, in a couple different pieces. He finds her head in the front of the house, her right leg in one corner of the house, and her left leg in the other (laughs) corner. The story doesn't mention where her torso is is <laughs> that's not creepy at all <laughs> yep no it's fine uh, her torso and arms the story makes no mention of but i assume they're around there somewhere she says i smell a russian smell i wonder what that smells like i have no idea i could make a lot of cheap jokes but i'm not gonna make them like vodka yeah okay, i was sorry. that was gonna be i the, made that one was, okay. that's, there you go it's the obvious joke i didn't say you didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you i appreciate you <laughs> Uh, The peasant bows to her and says, Baba Yaga, the bony-legged one, I have brought you my daughter to be your servant. So more parents leaving their kids out in the woods. Yeah, but this time he's not (laughs) leaving his kid out in the woods with no food. He got her a gig, you know? He decided that even though he was getting rid of her, he was like, I will give her to Baba Yaga. Maybe Hansel and Gretel's father would have been more into that if he knew a witch lived in that woods. (laughs) At least you'll have a job. You'll have a job (laughs) fattening your brother up for the witch to eat. Regardless, at least this father is doing maybe a little bit better by his kid. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baba Yaga takes the girl in and tells her her. (laughs) that if she serves her well, she will reward her for it. By turning her into a witch? Maybe. (laughs) Nobody asks the kid if this is what she actually wants to do. Baba Yaga and the father make this deal between themselves and the father dips out back home. Yeah, who cares about the kid? (laughs) No one. (laughs) Certainly not me. (laughs) It's fine. How will you have adventures if your father doesn't sell you to Baba Yaga? That's my question. Yep. In fact, Dad, if you're listening to this, why didn't you sell me to Baba Yaga? Agreed. I'm mad about it. So Baba Yaga gives the girl various chores. She gives her a basketful of yarn to spin, tells her to make a fire in the stove, and to make everything for dinner, which is a a common theme in Baba Yaga stories. Okay. Housework. Housework. And in fairy tales in general. Ovens and stoves and stuff, too, get brought up Mm -hmm. a lot. And Baba Yaga goes out, and the girl... She's doing her chores and she's she's doing the fairy tale girl thing. She's she's crying over the food. I imagine just giving a little extra dash of salt to Baba Yaga's meat. And these mice run out of the walls. Yay! I know. Fairy tale mice are my favorite. They're the best. The mice run out and say to her, "Maiden, maiden, why are you weeping?" Fairy tale mice are always so caring. They're always so sweet. helpful. So why do we trap them and set cats on them and stuff (laughs) (laughs) but these mice are very lovely they they say that in exchange for a little food 
that they will do her a kindness in return. And the woman gives them some gruel and the mice say, stretch one thread on each spindle, which I'm assuming that means that they did all of her work. The story is actually not very clear. They just say, the mice said, <laughs> stretch everything on one spindle. And then Baba Yaga comes back and the work was done. So, so the mice did the work. The mice That's did all my the work. assumption. Yeah. The mice did all the work. And then Baba Yaga comes back and sees that the girl had everything ready that she asked her to do and then tells the girl, give me a bath. And the girl gives Baba Yaga a bath for which she receives in, great praise. And Bob- in all of her pieces or? <laughs> you know what? I'm assuming that Baba Yaga has reassembled herself at this point. But again, the story does not say. Does she give her a sponge bath at each room and different torso, leg? <laughs> I, I like to think so now. That <laughs> that Baba Yaga has just been wandering around in disassembled pieces. I love that. That this is a tangent, but that reminds me of like Anastasia or Anastasia. Yes, the, in the dark. You know, of the like night how song, the bad when, guy turns into pieces. Yeah, when that's Rasputin totally, falls to bits. That's very yeah. Russian. Maybe that's a Russian theme. We have to look for that. We'll have to. I mean, I've got an entire book full of these things, so we'll see if it's a theme that repeats itself. <laughs> I know. I need to get that book so I can do a few. Yeah, this is. So, it's so fun. You should definitely get it. Okay. So she gives her a bath. She praises the maiden and gives her several beautiful dresses. And then, you know, the next day, again, she goes out. She sets the girl even more difficult tasks than the day before. She starts crying again. The girl, not Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is a boss bitch and she's got stuff to be doing. <laughs> she don't give a fuck. She she's not crying fuck. about anything. <laughs> Hell no. And then again... The mice, run, the mice run out. They say, lovely maiden, why are you weeping? Give us some gruel. We'll do something nice for you. She does so. And when Baba Yaga returns again, she praises her again because everything is finished. And she gives her even more beautiful dresses, which I'm wondering if they were being made out of the same thread that the girl was spinning. You know, she's working and she's not starving to death or about to be eaten, supposedly. Yeah. No, in Supposedly. fact, this is a pretty good gig. Yeah. And she's got mice to do all the work for her anyway. Yeah. She's not even working. And also, she's got talking mice as friends. Yeah. This, I mean, That's honestly, I this sounds better than living in the house with her stepmother. Yeah. One day, the stepmother sent her husband to see whether his daughter was still alive. I guess she just got curious to see if she's still alive. So she says, you should go check on her. So right. he drives into the woods, he comes to the house on chicken legs, and he sees that indeed his daughter has become very prosperous. This is a good gig. With all the help of the mice who are doing all the work. Yeah, all she has to do is make the mice some gruel every day, and they do all her chores for her, and then Baba Yaga gives her rich clothes. So Cool. So Baba Yaga wasn't at home, so he just takes her back. He takes her back to their house. Not with Baba Yaga. And as they approach their village, the peasant's dog, who is just there all of a sudden, begins to bark. <laughs> Bow, wow, wow, a young lady is coming. A young lady is coming. And the stepmother <laughs> runs out of their house and smacks the dog with a rolling pin. Oh, no, that's, that's hard. Rolling pins are really I know, tough. I kind of hate the stepmother. <laughs> It's really fucked up. <laughs> poor pooch. I know. She smacks the dog with the rolling pin and she says, you're lying. You should bark. Bones are rattling in the basket. But the dog kept barking the same thing as before, that a young lady is coming. 
And then the peasant and his daughter roll up, except his daughter not looking so peasant anymore. She is dressed like a fine young lady. And the stepmother does something very familiar from many other fairy tales in which there is there are two children. Now she all mad. She all mad and she tells I'm gonna, wait, wait, wait. She's gonna give the good clothes to her daughter. That's my prediction. Wrong. Damn. <laughs> she does the same thing that the mother in Toads and Diamonds from a couple weeks ago does. And she tells the peasant man to now take her daughter out to the woods and give her uh, to Baba Yaga. I mean, I feel like, okay, yeah, that's similar to what I had in my brain, but... Mm-hmm. S- similar, but not quite. So the peasant man <laughs> does as uh, his wife asks, once again, just taking kids out to the woods, giving them to, <laughs> you know, forest demigoddesses that have a reputation for cannibalism. <laughs> And <laughs> what is with these fairy tale fathers? <laughs> they bad. It's out in the woods. They bad. <laughs> they bad. <laughs> they, <laughs> they so bad. They real bad. Baba Yaga takes the girl in, sets a task for her, goes out, <laughs> and the girl instead of is she's crying too. But the book makes special mention that she was beside herself with spite. <laughs> <laughs> same the mice ran out maiden maiden why are you weeping but she didn't even let them speak she struck them with a rolling pin and scolded them roundly and then did not do her work poor mice i know and also like mother like daughter just smacking just smacking animals with with rolling rolling pins where are you getting these rolling pins why do you just have a rolling pin baba yaga needs rolling pins so that when she makes man meat pie she has something to roll the (laughs) dough out with Sorry, little little boy, little girl meat pies. <laughs> yes, excuse me. I'm sorry. Children pie. It's also is her house made of candy with chicken legs? <laughs> nope, just just the chicken legs on the bottom. <laughs> That's less enticing. Just just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> uh, so Baba Yaga comes back. She's pretty pissed, but she's magnanimous. She's a magnanimous demigoddess, cannibal witch. You know. She gives her a second chance. She goes out the next day. Next day, same thing happens. Baba Yaga comes back, and this time, uh, Baba Yaga breaks the girl into pieces and puts her bone in a basket. (laughs) Yay! Do your chores, kids. Also, but I mean, okay, so that's not exactly fair because the first girl didn't do any chores either. She had mice do it. Ah, but as we've learned, as long as the work is done, who cares who (laughs) did it? This is like a very interesting fairy tale for kids. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't do your chores, but if you could get somebody else to do it for you. To do it for you. Where it's a very, Baba Yaga is a very outcome focused manager. Oh, yeah. No, I'm on Baba Yaga's side, mm-hmm. a thousand percent. <laughs> as long as it's gotten done, who cares how it got done? She's mm-hmm. about the destination and not the journey. She's the CEO. She's she's busy. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Baba Yaga is a late stage capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> also, why would you? I don't know. Hitting mice that can talk. That's rude. Yeah. And so you so deserve rude. to be ripped into a thousand pieces by Baba Yaga. And that's fine. I mean, if you're rude to people, I feel like that's less... <laughs> 
I don't know. I was so, I was so on Fanny's side in Toads and Diamonds. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't care if you're rude to... Well, I don't... Yeah, if you're rude to rich ladies who come and they imperiously ask you for water, I don't care about that. You do you, guess, Fanny. But don't hit mice with a rolling pin. I draw the line. I guess... Here's the moral. If you're going to be sassy and rude, be funny. <laughs> At least be a pert hussy if you're going to be rude. <laughs> but wait, the story's not over. It's only almost over. Tell me more. I'm sure you can guess the ending. The stepmother sent her husband to collect their daughter and he goes and he brings back only her bones. As he approaches the village, what are you laughing about? <laughs> I kind of forgot that she was just bone. Oh, yeah. Baba Yaga pulled her bones out of her body. And I am assuming she and the mice devoured the rest. Oh, what a fate. What a fate. Don't be rude <laughs> to witches. This is a Russian fairy tale, guys. <laughs> anyway, as dark. he approached his village, his dog began to bark from the porch. Bow, wow, wow. Bones are rattling in the basket. The stepmother came running out with a rolling pin and said, you're lying. You should bark. A young lady is coming. <laughs> it's funny. It's the opposite of before. Exactly. But sh she didn't hit the dog this time, which is good. But the husband arrived, and then the wife moaned and groaned, and the story ends on what I think is the best finishing line for a fairy tale ever. There's a tale for you and a crock of butter for me. The yeah. end. <laughs> God, I love that ending so much. What is your fix? <laughs> Don't go home. Stay with Baba Yaga. And then once you have accumulated oh, yeah. enough nice dresses, go to a city and bring the mice with you and make a name for yourself as a star seamstress and never talk to your horrible family ever again. Ooh, and feed your mice uh, better food instead of just gruel. Yes. Start feeding them like really good stuff like pumpkin soup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, feed the mice. <laughs> yes, because pumpkins is something that was in great abundance in like 1700s Russia or whatever when this was know. written. Yeah, actually, I think uh, I think pumpkins are native to... Are they native to America? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know a lot about Russian culture. I think just um, vodka is really, you know, prominent. <laughs> and like, right. I'm not trying to make a joke. Like, I'm serious. I definitely need to look more stuff up about Russia because Russia does have the most amazing fairy tales. Like, they're fun. They they're really so do. Fun. They're all so fun. And they're all kind of weird and dark. But also, so I'm excited at some point when we've got more time to do a couple of stories about the Firebird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to hear that for one sure. one of my favorite sort of Russian themes. Do you have a fix for the Baba Yaga story? Yeah, I think my fairy tale fix would be that she doesn't go home to the dad that left her out in the woods. That yeah. She would just become awesome, an awesome Baba Yaga protege yeah. and learn the Baba Yaga ways. Or, yeah, take her mice and make fancy clothes for rich people out in the town. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything but go home to a family that would give her to a cannibalistic demigoddess that lives in the forest. I'm bummed my predictions were wrong. Baba Yaga didn't have much to do in that fairy tale. Nope. Something to remember for when I do Baba Yaga stories in the future. She rarely does. It's, it seems like more people rely on Baba Yaga, but she doesn't really do much. Baba Yaga, like I said, is a deus ex machina. Like, we need things to happen in the plot. And so Baba Yaga happened. <laughs> if you have any suggestions, you should tweet at us at fairytalefixpod 
Or you should Instagram us at fairytalefixpod or email us at info at fairytalefixpod.com. <laughs> yes, please let us know what stories you'd like us to cover in the future, what your favorite Disney princess is, what your least favorite Disney princess is. Uh, mm-hmm. We'd love to know weird stuff you tell your kids, weird stuff your grandparents told you. If you'd like to educate us about Russian culture, we're also very open to that. Oh, or if you have any good sources, I would love to read that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Send all of that stuff our way. (laughs) So Falada the Talking Horse got a fair trial and revealed everything to the king. And then the servant girl received her punishment while Falada and the true princess lived happily ever after. And the maiden in the Baba Yaga story continued to serve as Baba Yaga's apprentice seamstress for a couple months. And then she and the mice moved to the nearest largest town where they became just the hottest seamstress in town, did all of the rich people's clothes, and never spoke to her family ever again. And they also lived happily ever after. 